Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope, and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. When we planted branches, that we would never ask for money in times of need, because that's not people's job to meet needs. It's God's job. Now, we know that he calls people to meet those needs, but like, for example, um, I've seen it happen in ministries I've been a part of or churches where, hey, guys, you need to, you need to give money because if you don't, this is what's going to happen. So we made a decision from the beginning, which is why we call ourselves branches, that in everything, God's got to make this flow. This is his thing. It's his job. In fact, we didn't think it was going to work. So we thought, okay, God, you're starting us out, and you probably won't want this to keep going, so whatever you want, we're going to do. Here we are, three, four years later, whatever it is. And so we made a decision to never ask for money. So, but God's been putting on our hearts like, hey, but you need to call them for opportunities. So we were all excited about that. So in October, that sounds weird to say excited, but we were. So in October, September, I was pretty excited going, you know what? I'm afraid of doing this. I want to avoid this. But you know what? God, if you want to call us to, to meet special things that you want to do in our community around the world... I can get behind that. I don't mind making people uncomfortable that way. But then, right when we made that decision, the finances got really bad. And we'd made a decision that we would never ask people to meet those needs or what we thought were needs. And so this right here, we didn't plan this in the songs. I saw it. This is what we believe at Branches. Why should I worry? Why do I freak out? God knows what I need. You know what I need. So we decide, okay, we're not going to ask. We're not going to tell people what's happening because, Lord, you've got to meet this need. And we're not going to tell anybody. And this has happened probably three or four times in the history of branches where we're like, okay, there's nothing left. How much longer do we have till we have to close the doors and you know, not have staff or whatever? But we didn't want to tell anybody because it's God's job to meet the needs. Sure enough, it goes all the way to like the first week of December. We're like, okay, Lord, it's just about down to zilch. And then I don't know what happened, but it's like the biggest month we've ever had. And then we went into the green, which if you don't know, is the opposite of, wait, it's black, right? Accountant lady. It's black, right? There's no such green in accounting, right? All right, thanks for, (laughs) you just looked at me like, oh, you poor, foolish money guy. So we went out of the red into the black. And so with that, I just want to encourage us in your own personal lives to know that if you need it, The Lord will provide it. And if it doesn't come, you can't go, God, where were you? It means you didn't need it. So anyways, all that to say, for 2014, this is what we want to call the people of Branches to. We want to do some things in El Salvador. We want to do things in San Juan. We want to do things with our children's ministry that we've never done before. We want to do things for junior high and high school. We have to start a junior high and high school group. There are junior hires and high schoolers, not just here, but especially outside of here, that need a community. And so we want to call you to wrestle with possibly giving more for 2014 than you did in 2013. Now, we're not telling you to do that. You need to come to the Lord and ask him what he wants you to do. It's his money. He may say, you know, this may be a place, but I have this for you. But he may say branches. And so we want to bring that up to you, and we'll share with you more over the next few weeks. But take that card. Please only turn one in, because if you turn five of them in, then it's going to look like five different people and we're going to really mess up our budget planning. So please keep that. And then by the end of the month, please turn it in.
Any questions? I'm not going to really listen to your questions, but I'm just throwing that out there to let you know you can write those on your connection card. So let me pray, and uh, we'll get started. Father, I'm excited uh, for this new year, and I just love your word. There are times, Lord, when I don't, when I wake up in the morning and it feels like a chore to look into your word, but uh, it has been very fresh this past week, and I'm excited uh, to share that. But above all, Lord, will you share with us? We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so I'm assuming many of you have made some kind of resolution for the year. I'm not a big resolutions guy. Uh, as someone said to me earlier, it sounded really cool. The word resolution just sounds like, oh, this is the thing I'm going to choose, choose to fail at this year. Um, I've had people, we have a group, we get together, and they always share their resolutions. And one of the guys had five on them, and they sh- we saved it for this year. And he went, don't even bother pulling that out because I didn't do any of them. You know, I was like, oh, really? Oh, I know. Do you even know? Nope. I just know I didn't do them. Um, but I like the idea of a goal. Like, what is your goal for this year? So I know some of you have goals, or you have goals that are just continuing on because you just never change them. But before you get into what your goals are, and before you set them, we want to talk about something. So this is going to be a key word this morning, inertia. Okay? Physics. If you hate physics, Sorry. You're going to get a lot of physics this morning. But Steph, Steph and I, okay, let's, let's be honest here. Steph made a decision our first year of marriage, and I'd never heard of it before. It was awesome. She said, you know what, for Christmas, let's write each other letters. I was like, this is awesome. Now, we still have to do the present thing, so it wasn't like you get out of doing the presents and you write the letter, but it was like, let's write a letter to each other every year. And, of course, when I heard that, I imagined 70 years from now, this pile of letters that kind of add up to all of our years of marriage of what we've written to each other. And so we got married in 95, so we're coming up to 19 years. So last year was 17 years of marriage, and we hadn't missed one, except for 2012. We were still very much in love. Uh, We were still really excited. We, We loved each other. I mean, marriage is hard, but, you know, That's just part of the deal, right? But we were so excited to share those, but we never got around to it. Why? Because of inertia. Because the flow of that season was so fast, and we were moving at such a pace. It's like if you're going really fast down the road and you're supposed to make a left turn, your speed is carrying you to such a degree that you can't make the left turn because your speed is carrying you out that way. Okay? So let's talk about inertia for a second before I get a little deeper here. Aha, it is Bill Nye the Science Guy time. All right. So this is what inertia means. There's this long definition for it, but I'm going to give you the short version. I don't think many of you really care to hear the long version. And if I say the long version, let's be honest, you're really not going to hear me anyways. This is what inertia is. It says that something that is standing still will stay still unless something makes it move. Now, of course, this table is imbalanced. Okay, so it's going to move. Of course, that's how this works. So if something is standing still, it's going to stay still, unless some force makes it move. And in the same way, it's going to, if it's set in motion, it's going to continue in motion unless some outside force stops it. Okay? Now, this is cool. This is a hard-boiled egg. Okay? 
So if I turn that, it's going to keep moving unless gravity eventually slows it down or the friction of this. But if I touch it, that's an outside force. It's going to make it stop, right? And it stops. Okay? This, I know from the very back, you're like, great. I have no idea what you're talking about. I can't see it. Just trust me. So this is a hard-boiled egg. This is a raw egg, which means the yolk inside is not cooked. So it's just wiggling around. So if I turn this and then stop it and let go, it starts again. Because of the inertia of the yolk inside. There's still motion inside, so it's going to keep it moving. So even though I'm stopping it from the outside, there's motion inside that's going to keep it moving. Pretty cool, huh? (laughs) So you can go show that to your classes or your kids or your spouses or the girl you're trying to impress. So for us, that season, that 2012, the reason that we missed is because there was so much motion going on that the inertia carried us out. There wasn't an outside force. We didn't choose to step in and say, whoa, let's stop this. And in many ways, another opposite thing that could have happened is there's something maybe we should have started or began and we were standing still, but unless an outside force comes in and makes it happen, it's going to stay standing still. Because this isn't just a law of physics. This is a law of life. Sir Isaac Newton was talking about motion and physics and mass. But what we're talking about this morning is the motion of life or the lack of motion. But this is what I want us to look at this morning. I don't want us to make the... That's a drag. I don't want us to talk about whether you should be in motion or whether you should be standing still in different areas of your life. That's not the point of this morning's talk. This is the point. What is it? What is the outside force that is either pushing you into motion or stopping you? Is it the Lord, or is it something else? What is that force? So before you come up with your resolutions or your goals, we need to step back and say, look, is this what God would have me do? God is in the business of putting things into motion, and to stop in them. He even did it with himself. In the beginning, God created. He put things into motion. He created earth. He put the sun there. He separated. He he created. He put things into motion. But then, on the seventh day, he rested. He stood still. In the same way, God will tell us things. This is in Scripture. And this is one of my favorite Scriptures from Psalm 4610. Be still. And know that I am God. Because there is a time when we need to put our, our things down. That's what that word be still means. It doesn't mean just freeze. It means to not pick up your weapon. To not pick up your, your whatever it is, your tool of action. Don't pick it up. In fact, put it down. And know that I am in charge. Talking about finances, we were earlier. Instead of figuring out your tool of how you're going. Be still and know that I am God. But in the same way, the same God will tell us, as he said in the New Testament, rise up, O sleeper. Wake up. Which means there's a time that we need to be in motion. Like, hey, you're at rest, and now it's time to be in action. So God is not saying, oh, you should stay still. No, you should. There's not. There's a time for either one. And in different areas of our life, he's going to move us. But is it him that's moving us? Or is it him that's making us stand still? Or is there something else that you can't see that's jiggling around inside of you 
that's either causing you to stand still or causing you to be in motion? Is there some weight you're carrying? Or is there some just anxiety that's causing you to be in motion, but it's not from the Lord? What is that force? I want to encourage you to make goals for 2014. In fact, at the end, I'm going to give you a goal for us at Branches, for this community of faith, some goals for us. Um, But I want us to look, and I want us to look at this verse. This is Romans 12, 1 and 2. And this is a powerful verse to me personally. But this is what's going to guide us. Okay? So if you could open up your Bibles uh, to Romans chapter 12. If you don't have yours, I don't know if the ushers already passed them out, but if they did, that's what they're for. Um, therefore, and this is Paul talking to the small church in Rome. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is true worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now this was such a powerful scripture in my life. Because I was going in one direction and he completely sent me in a different one. This is the first time that I read the word of God. And as I was reading it, I knew that God was actually talking to me. You know what I mean? Like, like, oh, I should read the Bible. And you start in the beginning, and you start reading, and you start falling asleep, and it doesn't affect you, or you just feel like you're reading words. But then there's those times when you realize that that word is speaking to you. And I wasn't following Christ at that moment. I was just showing up to this group thing and listening. But when I went home, and I opened the Bible, and I saw this, I knew that God was saying, Boog, this is for you. Saying, I'm urging you, in view of God's mercy, offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Now that, those are two opposite words. Living and sacrifice. Because in the way that Paul is using the sacrifice is what they would do with the lambs when they would offer those up to God in offering for their sins. So when he's talking about a sacrifice, he's saying, offer yourself up as a dead thing. Huh? But as you think about it, when you make that decision to hand yourself over to God, you're saying, look, you're in charge. You're the force. I'm going to give myself to you. You decide how I will now live. Because I am making dead everything I had planned or what other people had planned or my fears or whatever. And whether I stand still or I'm in motion, you're going to be the force that determines that. You're either going to push me forward or you're going to stop me. But you're the boss. That's what I want to be. And Paul is urging. That's the verb there. I'm I'm begging you to do this because he loves them. I'm begging you. I'm urging you. In view of God's mercy, what God has done, his great mercies, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. If you're a living sacrifice, you're holy and pleasing. Do you get that? Because a lot of us think, okay, all right, if I'm going to follow God, I better clean up. No, 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 no. When you offer yourself up to him, no matter what condition you are in, you become holy. Think about that for a second. The moment that you, in whatever broken, dirty situation you find yourself in, as you place yourself at God and you say, look, I'm yours. All of this, sorry, I wish it was in better shape, but all of this is yours. 
It is no longer I who live, but you who live in me. The life which I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and died for me. When you do that, you are now holy and pleasing in his sight. God is not waiting for you to do the right dance, to part your hair the right way. He wants you to offer yourself up to him because it's good for you. He's not trying to collect souls. You're his children. He wants what's best for you. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is true worship. When you hear that word worship, a lot of times we think, oh, that means we're going to sing some songs now, right? And some people go, I don't really get into worship. Okay, the word is used incorrectly. Worship is offering yourself up to God. That is worship. So when we have these prayers put to music, it is us. It's a time that we set aside, which is just part of our worship, where we go, okay, God, here I am. In fact, I'm singing these songs, Lord. I don't even know what they mean, but I'm here. Or, Lord, I don't know if I actually feel what I'm singing right now, but I'm here. I want to be there. Uh, Chris's poem that he shared this morning, pretty heavy duty. That's worship. Because you're laying yourself out as you are. I like what it said in the spoken word where it said, you know what, I, I, I don't even want to let this out, but I need to write it down. Because that's what the Psalms are. If you don't know that about the Psalms, which are the prayer book of the Bible, it's just people sharing wherever they're at. Sometimes they're overjoyed, sometimes they're sad, but they're laying themselves out before God. That's worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I love that one. That's the line that got me. Because I knew when I was reading that, that God was speaking to me and going, you've conformed to everybody around you, but I have something different for you. There's forces all around you that are pushing you. You think that you're supposed to be like this because that's what you see outside. You think this is the goal for life, but it's not. You need to have your mind renewed, Boog. Come to me and I want you to conform Happy New Year. I want you to conform to me. Jason, can you go to the next slide? Because this is a translation of Romans 12, 2 that I love. It's from The Voice, uh, not the show. I just realized there's a show called The Voice as I said that. Um, there's a Bible translation from musicians and poets and writers and scholars, and they got together to put something together together. And this is how they together translated Romans 12 to do not allow this world to mold you in its own image. Instead, be transformed from the inside out by renewing your mind. As a result, you will be able to discern what God wills and whatever God finds good, pleasing, and complete. So we're going to take this piece by piece. Do not allow this world to mold you in its own image. The number one New Year's resolution or goal is, at least in the United States, I'm going to get in shape, right? This one fires me up because, well, because it's stupid. That's not an accident that I use that word. I use it on purpose. 
Because 99.9% of the time, the reason that we want to do that is because the force of wanting to earn other people's approval. We need to look a certain way. And here in Southern California means we need to look, well, like we haven't eaten in a while. If you're a lady. If you are a man, it means that you needed to have spent most of your day working out and pumping steroids and creatine. And you need to have, of course, been out in the sun longer than you should have so that you can get some other disease, but at least you have the right coloring. It makes me so angry because that's not a good reason. Now, I have friends that are like, you know what? My back has really been hurting. I can't play with my kids. I want to be, I need to do this so that I can be there to play with my kids or I can do this or I want to be able to like help, but I can't help because I'm, I'm so winded. Okay, that's a different reason. Because if, if there's a motivation or a reason to do it, to love God or love others, it's probably a pretty good goal or resolution. But for 99.9% of us, when that thought crosses our mind, we're like, wouldn't that be good if this little section right here wasn't there anymore? And what if I turned and, oh, what are those? What are those muscles that they just happened to be? Was that shirt, was my shirt showing? Oh my gosh, can't believe that. I want to share how foolish this is. Because that's what we do here in the United States, right? Because we've allowed the world, the people around us, the force around us, the yoke inside of us that's been put there by the people that we walk next to, we've been molded into that image. That's the image we think we need to move towards. Okay, there's a country called, I don't even know if I can say it right, Mauritania or Mauritania. I don't know how they say it there in West Africa, but that's one of the many countries where... What they are striving for, if they make a New Year's resolution, is, God, please help me to get fat. That's their goal. Because in that culture, through the centuries, if you are large, it means you come from a wealthy family. And if you come from this wealthy family, you've been able to eat. And so they will actually send their middle schoolers to fat camp. I'm not making this stuff up. They will send them to this fat camp so they can put on weight. And they will sometimes, they try to push these middle schoolers up to about 130 pounds, all the way up to 200 pounds. Because then when they come back, then they look beautiful to the people around them. Because then these ladies, when they are looking for a husband, will be more appealing because they look the way the image is supposed to look around them. And we hear this and we're like, how stupid is that? Imagine what they're thinking when someone's in Mauritania talking to them going, you know what? There's this area in South Orange County where every year they're trying to lose weight. What is that about? Because we're allowing the world to mold us into its own image. Now, I'm just choosing one of those areas to focus on. But do you see how ridiculous it is? Depending on where you're at in the world. Instead, be transformed from the inside out by renewing your mind. We talk about this all the time here at Branches. We talk about the word repent. At this next slide, and it's, this is just one scripture. If you go to the next slide for me, Jay. This is just from Matthew four seventeen. From that time, Jesus began to preach, meaning from that time, he continually preached, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You need to know what that word means. If you've been at Branches, I hope you have this memorized. Repent does not mean to confess. Repent does not mean to feel sorry. 
that word is metanoia or metanoo, which is the Greek version of change your mind. That's what it means, to change the way you think. It doesn't mean to feel sorry. It doesn't mean to confess. It means change the way you think things are supposed to be. So if we could go back to Romans 12, 2 again, the, the slide before. So when you hear, instead, be transformed from the inside out by the renewing of your mind, what that is saying is look at things the way that God looks at it. Let his truth, let his authority be the force that guides you as you move forward in life. And so when you make a New Year's resolution or a goal or whatever time you make it or whatever you do, come to the Lord first and let him be the force because that's the question you have to ask yourself. What is the force that is pushing you to do what you do? And that force, whatever it is that that puts you in motion, that motivates you, that inspires you, let it be what is worthy to motivate you and to push you. As a result, you will be able to discern what God's God wills and whatever God finds good, pleasing, and complete. That word repent appears in the Bible in one of two forms in the New Testament, just the New Testament alone, 56 times, which means it's a big deal, which means it's a consistent message that he's trying to tell us. He's not saying, hey, you guys, you need to feel sorry for the way you've been living. You're horrible. Feel bad about it. Repent. I don't know where that came into our language that we think it means that. That's not what it means. It means change the way that you see things. And as foolish as you think the people in Mauritania are, your list of goals, initiatives, resolutions, whatever they may be, your focus in life, is it worth it? As a result, you'll be able to discern what God's will and whatever God finds good, pleasing, and complete. So I was uh, hanging out with a really good friend of mine, and we were talking about our resolutions. Remember, I talked about the resolution time, uh, or goals, as we like to say them. And so it, it was he and I and another guy, and we were separated from everybody else. And he said, you know what? I know what I want to do this year. Like, I want to get out of debt. He goes, but it's not that I really care so much about getting out of debt. I, the thing is, is I'll just go buy stuff. We'll just go buy stuff because we look at it, and it looks good, and we just go, that would be great to have. And so the force that's inside of him is just pleasure. That would be really nice to own. I, I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. doesn't matter. We'll figure it out later. Poof. And the force of wanting it, that desire, like this will help for wherever that really deeply comes from, I'll just go and get it. But this year, I want to try. I want to make it my goal. I know I'm going to fail a lot, but I want to make it my goal that before I buy anything or do anything, I come to God first, that we as a family come to him first and say, God, is this what you want us to do? I really want to do that, to hand that over to God and ask him first. Pretty cool goal. Because God may say, be still. Or no, go enjoy that. Yes, do this. Make this happen. Yeah, go ahead. But you know what? It doesn't matter whether he gets it or doesn't get it. What matters is, is that he's coming to the Lord first to let him be the force instead of that other force that has been guiding him in all of his financial decisions, which is, that's really pretty. That'd be awesome. Remember how cool that'd be. We all know what we're talking about, right? 
Because we all have that stirring within us. Some of us are more susceptible to us and some of us are less susceptible. Some of us just stay still. I'm just using finances as one example. It could be many different areas. Some of us, I can't buy anything. Can't do it. What about my future? I've got to. And we talk about this in marriage a lot. There's one of each. In our marriage, that's who I am. I'm always thinking, I'm, oh, if we do this and then this and then this. So like we as a family, like we, we have to sit down and say, okay, let's talk to the Lord. What are our goals? But our goals, Lord, want to be your goals. Not my will, not our will be done, but yours. What do you want? I don't want my fear to get there, and I don't want my pleasure to get there. But, Lord, what's important? As a family, what do you want us to do? When we, how do you want this year to play itself out? And there are goals for us, Lord. We know we're going to blow it. But this is our goal, to let you be the force that either keeps us in motion or stops us. We are yours. We're a living sacrifice. Here we are. Do what you got to do. And so, swinging back to the letter, when I wrote my letter this year, I said, I'm going to do it differently. I said, there's tons of things I could say about how much I love you and, all, and who you are, and I'm going to make that my goal for the rest of the, this year. But this is what I wrote, a little section of what I wrote. I am recklessly committed to protecting our love, our friendship, and Team Rose from the inertia that would take us away from home. I promise to always be that force that protects and provides the means for us to return home. You won't know all the inside jokes, and you never will. But all that to know that we have to make a decision. That's what it means to follow Christ. If you've never had a time in your life when you've been able to make a decision to follow Jesus, that's what it means. That means that you step back and say, okay, God, I don't even know how this works. I don't even know how to walk to the left or the right. I don't know how this Christian thing works. But I want to follow you. I want you to be the force that puts me in motion or makes me to stand still. I don't know how I'm going to hear you, but I trust that you're going to show up and be clear to me. And I'm going to be committed to that. So this is my challenge for all of us, for the Branches community. For this year, 5 slash 15. That's your goal. Okay, if you're part of the Branches community, this is what I want us to do as your shepherd for our community of faith, that every morning you give God the first five minutes. Okay, I get it. You might need to go to the bathroom first. You might need to put something in your eyes. That's cool. Maybe for some of you, you can't even function without coffee. Do what you got to do. But the first thing you do is give God those five minutes. And you just lay yourself before him. And pray. There's no magical prayer. You can pray the Lord's Prayer, the disciples' prayer. You can pray whatever you want. But the heart of it is to lay yourself before God and say, okay, Lord, I'm here. I belong to you. Some of you don't even want to get out of bed because the depression is so heavy. The, the fear, the anxiety, the, the stuff that is weighing you down. And you choose to not let that be the force. You choose to get up despite that and say, God, I'm not going to let that keep me down. I'm getting up to sit before you. And for some of you, you're like, well, I got this going on, I got that going on, I got to get to it, I got to get to it. No. Don't let that yoke that's spinning inside of you push you. Choose to stop yourself and lay yourself before the Lord and let him guide you. Just five minutes. Now, most of you will go past five minutes. Trust me, there's no penalty for sitting before God for longer than five minutes. But five minutes is doable, isn't it? I mean, isn't it? It takes you more than that to get your coffee ready. Or to watch the news or whatever it is you do in the morning. Five minutes is not that hard. 
Secondarily, in the week, at least 15 minutes of reading the word of God. So if you break that out, 7 into 15, it's 2 minutes and some change. 2 minutes. Imagine if you did that every day. Okay, You woke up and you just gave the Lord 2 minutes of reading the word. I know it's a low. Some of you are like, really? Only 2 minutes? How unspiritual. Hey, for some of you are like, wow, that'd be a huge improvement. I'd never open that Bible. I don't even think I have one. What if you opened it and just read for two minutes a day? You're probably going to go longer. But don't think of it. Don't get hemmed in by the five and the 15. Because that doesn't mean you just, well, I read 15 minutes today. I'll free the rest of the week. You can be. Because that was your goal, right? And now notice it's not a resolution. Because a resolution, you will fail. And when you fail the resolution, then you just quit. A goal means this is my goal for the year and I will not give up been three weeks. I have not even found my Bible yet. That doesn't mean you go, oh, I blew that goal. No, no, it's still the goal. So you go, I'm going to come to branches. When they hand out the Bible, I'm going to go, oh, thank you. I left mine at home. And then I'm going to take it home because now I've done the first step. I have a Bible. And now I'm going to do the second step. I'm going to start trying to open it. Make that your goal because as you sit before him, it's that simple because it's the heart. It's not even the action of stopping and praying. It's not even the reading of the word. It's you placing yourself before God and seeing what he will do. Seeing where he's going to put you into motion. Seeing when he tells you, you know what? You need to stop. Your family is out of control. You are so worried about this, 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 and this that you have your family on this crazy train. Or it may be, look, I know that you don't feel like there's any reason to move forward, but there is. Sit with me and I will show you. Get into my word And I will put that fire in your bones that gives you the strength to lift up. I will change you from the inside out. So 515. That's our goal as a branches community. Let's pray. Father God, I am excited to see what you can do when we surrender to you. Um, Father, we're excited because of what you've already done. We got to celebrate it this Christmas season and talk about it and wrestle with it. You are good, Father. And you are worthy to be praised. Father, I know that some people had as their goal for this year to be at church. And this may be their first time here. I pray, Father, that you would uh, bless them. That you would let them know that as they trust you and listen to you, that you will bless them. It may not be easy, but it is good. And Father, I know there are people here that are ready to make a decision to follow you. Maybe they've made a decision to do it before and they feel like a resolution, like they failed, so they just quit. Father, show them the way it really works. I know I don't have the words to explain it, but your spirit does, Lord. The Holy Spirit that you promised to us. Father, draw people to you. I ask this in the name of Jesus. What I want to ask for this morning, as uh, they're getting ready to lead us in worship, is that um, at the end of these two songs, if you made a decision, maybe it's not for the first time, but a decision that I'm going to follow the Lord. I want Him to be the force that leads me and pushes me or stops me. Then we're going to have prayer time out there, and I want you to walk out there. You can even do that during these two songs. In fact, uh, those people who are going to be praying with others, the leadership team, And uh, those who uh, typically go out and pray, could you go out there now?
And any time in these next two songs, you can just say, look, I'm ready. I don't need to wait. Let's get to this. And you can walk out there and pray. But if you didn't and you want to at the end, then you can do that as well. And it's not for show, which is why we do it outside. Um, sometimes we'll do it up front. But I want to do it out there because it's a decision you're making. And a decision that makes you have to get up out of your chair and walk around. But it's motion. But let that motion be because you want to do it because the Lord is calling you. So if we could all stand up. If you want to sit down during worship, you are welcome to. But I want to start us standing. And Tyler will lead us. We're going to have the uh, offering baskets passed around. So if you have Connect cards in your business, you can drop those in. And if you're part of the Branches community, they're for you. You can either use this or send it in or however you choose to do it.